welcome again our listeners uh, this is shreya website and thank you so much for tuning in guys so a little background about myself i am shreya shivasa when i'll be host for the podcast and uh, i currently work as a customer success manager with whatfix we have kitty on the call today she is supremely talented and i'm pretty sure you'll get to know a lot about her as we proceed so uh, i would like to hand over it to you kitty um, not to, just to break the ice and if you can help with your quick introduction to our audience so yeah over to you yeah absolutely i mean first of all just thank you for having me on the show um i really appreciate that um just to give you a little bit of a background on me um i've had a really long career in learning and development um i would say gosh over 20 years and that's really showing my age right <laughs> um i've been um i mean i've been leading and most of the time i've been transforming learning and development globally uh across you know very large technology organizations you know cisco systems being um one of the first organizations that i worked for but what i'm doing now is i'm now committed to helping organizations develop mm-hmm. learning strategies initiatives and programs to drive engagement and performance uh, through my consulting and coaching organization called Purple Nix. Um so that's um a little bit about me. Thank you so much uh, Katie for your introduction. Uh I know there is a lot more that we'll get to know as we proceed in the show. So uh just setting up the pace uh let's start with some basic questions and I have some exciting questions for you. So I hope you are all good and uh, yeah ready to answer. Yep, yep, far away, far away. <laughs> okay. So my first uh, question that I have for you is so how did you start your career in such a diverse domain right as that of learning and what was the motivation for you because learning is something which is really on extended so I'm always curious when I find someone <laughs> who's very much into learning. So how did it happen? I think if you ask many learning and development practitioners today they won't say that they actively searched out a role in learning and development i mean i didn't i didn't wake up one day and say oh i want to work in learning most just kind of fall into it and most stay in it because of their love of learning just i mean just like i did i mean i was actually uh, a tefl teacher before i actually started my Ooh. career in learning and development and so i used to teach english to foreign students and i guess that kind of started me off on this whole education learning route but i guess if i really kind of pinpoint it it was my curiosity in technology that started this all off right mm-hmm. um and i was really really lucky to get my first real learning and development role at my very first technology company um cisco systems and that started it all off for me i mean i was supporting learning on on technical enablement so you know security training and voice training and my passion for learning and development just grew from there um however what i must say shreya is if it was not for the great managers that i also had at that very early part of my career i may have taken a very different career route i i probably wouldn't be talking to you today right mm-hmm. um and i was really really lucky because as i became more more proficient in one area i was able to expand in other areas and the managers that i had also gave me the opportunity to diversify mm-hmm. across uh, sales 
training and product training and service training. Um, and then I moved into management and leadership, which I thoroughly enjoy as I can then develop and grow my team um, and actually, you know, grow them in their career. I guess um, I have done every single role in learning and development today. <laughs> Every single one, you know, I, I started on the very operational side of learning, but I've done every single role. And so I was able to really understand the language and also the challenges that my teams had and teams have today, which I think is so, so important. Um, so I think, you know, tech, I think just my love of technology and having great managers have, you know, really helped me to have the career that I have today. You spoke really well uh, uh, because I think, you know, uh, being said that you were a teacher earlier. So yes. a lot of <laughs> patience comes, comes in from there. And like you rightly mentioned, it really depends on the kind of manager you would have got early in your career. I think there is always a learning, be it a good or a bad. So I also feel, you know, I'm fortunate enough in the start of my career, I, I've got to work with people who really understand me and they help me find what's the right thing for me. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I have another question for you. So who is that one person from L&D space who has inspired you? And what is that one learning you would like to share with the listeners, uh, the person who has inspired you? Because I'm pretty sure in such a long career, there must be someone who, whom you must be looking up to. Oh, gosh, you know, I've I've had such a long career in, in learning and development. Let me think. I don't think I look up to any one person specifically within the learning and development space. And as I mentioned, if it was not for the managers that I had, mm. I may not be talking to you today. But if I go back to the very early part of my career, there was one manager I did have mm. who, who kind of helped me see past the challenges that I had in actually, you know, having to raise a young family, having to juggle that, and also having to want to progress in a career that I really enjoyed and I love. And it was it was such a struggle, Shreya, that I was ready to take a break from my job. And I was ready to be a full-time mum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this manager, um, he actually worked through a flexible working arrangement for me. And he made me having a career in learning and development really attainable for me. Um, he would not let me give up. I think if I think about it, he was the proponent of female work-life balance way, way back then. I mean, we're, we're talking about work-life yeah. balance now, but he but he was proponent, what, 15 years ago, right? And I think, you know, having a manager like that who actually demonstrated empathy and mm. and kind of understood me and the challenges that I was having he just made me even more motivated and I think that he has inspired me to be the manager that I am today and I truly truly thank him for that truly thank him for that and I guess you know just to answer your second question Shreya that that one learning that I want to share with everyone is be a lifelong learner right be mm-hmm. curious you know, ask those questions that nobody else wants to ask, right? Ask mm-hmm. those questions that people are scared in asking. Yeah. You know, dig really deep to really understand and appreciate perspectives as well. And as um, mm-hmm. learning and development professionals, it's really, really important to kind of put yourself into the seat of the learner and ask those questions and yeah. understand the challenges that they have every day. I doubt, you know, I doubt the challenges they have every day is linked to them having to take a training course or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot uh, having a manager like that right from the very, very beginning of my career. Actually, I was just going to ask that, you know, and you brought that up, you know, 15 years back, I think things changed post-COVID, you know, when you would get certain flexibility of working. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're like a parent, uh, there would be a lot many changes that, you know, we started bringing up after COVID. But when you say like 15 years back, you know, what was your reaction how did the people around you react, you know, when the manager gave you that flexibility of working, uh, you know, the way you want to? So what was your reaction back then? Gosh, I think I was, I think I was shocked more than anything else. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I walked into my manager's office with, with my resignation in my hand, with a very, very sad face. And I, and I was shocked that he would just turn around and say, sit down, let's talk through this. Let's find a solution. I don't want to lose you, right? Mm-hmm. I felt so valued. I felt, you know, I just felt that there was somebody here who was that proponent of, of allowing women to have a career, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I guess I was very, very lucky um, in my career to be able to work for organizations that that did allow a little bit of flexibility when it came to that um, kind of work-life balance. I was very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me it was it was shock more than anything else. Yeah. But then it was relief, right? And yeah. then it was and then it was joy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we are just talking about all of this work-life balance now, but, yeah. you know, it was, I mean, it was, it was happening in organizations way, mm. way back, right? But it just wasn't, it just wasn't something big and, you know, something that we needed to focus on. So, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, just very, very lucky and it made me, and it has made me the manager that I am today. Absolutely. And one thing you rightly mentioned, you know, the curiosity. I think the curiosity should never die. We should always be curious to learn something at every phase of life because learning is like, a, I, I think you you could answer that better. Learning is like forever thing. It's never, it never Absolutely. stops. And the learning never stops if you're always curious to learn more. So I think a very good learning that you have shared and I'm pretty sure our listeners would definitely relate to it and would implement in their real lives as well. Yeah, you know, I was always that, you know, at the very early part of my career, you know, and even, you know, even in the last kind of, you know, five, five, six years, I was I was one of those people that would be, you know, I, I, I didn't, want put, want, didn't want to put my hand up right? To, to ask a question, right? In yeah. case um, somebody laughed at me or somebody thought it was stupid, mm-hmm. right? But I can guarantee you that is the question that everybody else wants to ask, mm-hmm. right? But they don't have the confidence to ask it. So, really yeah, so, so I just say to, to my teams, and I've, I've trained myself to think like this, is ask that question, all right? Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry. Ask the question. You will learn you will learn from that. Absolutely. And I, this, the learning that you're sharing right now, right? Like we should never hesitate away from asking questions. I think that has always been like a key for me. There would be hundreds of people, yes. hundreds of judgments. It is always you who need to find way for yourself what you need to do in life and career. If you're going to get affected by what the next person is saying about you, and it can be a good question, like what you ask. So we should, you know, never fear from asking what's there in mind. So 
cannot agree more absolutely okay so uh, moving on uh, so now you have managed many teams in your career globally what was a key consideration when you managed them and i know you have managed a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> yes big big teams um i think first of all i i want to say um being a manager and being a leader is really really hard work it's really mm-hmm. really hard work it's even harder when you have to manage global teams uh, global teams are remote across multiple time zones and for me because of that the i think i think one of the really important pieces was to be culturally aware right be mm-hmm. culturally aware be time zone sensitive and you know to many people it may seem like a simple thing but but scheduling meetings on on country holidays or or cultural days or scheduling meetings early morning or late at night without thought or permission right permission mm-hmm. it sends out mixed messages to your team or your mm-hmm. team member it's your job as a manager to manage this mm-hmm. and as part of this and i've you know i've i've learned this through my career language and interpretation is another consideration which the whole team has to be aware of you know sometimes someone says a phrase right or they say a mm-hmm. word and it's just interpreted the wrong way and there's confusion over it but we will laugh about it and we'll explain it and and we'll learn from it as well so really really important to have that cultural sensitivity mm-hmm. for me also and i know this is such a big thing that that we talk about it's a whole piece around work life balance and mental well-being mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. mental well-being for my team is such a big such a big big consideration i expect my team to take breaks i expect them to go for a walk right i expect them to have lunch um a burnt out team is not a productive team and then performance mm-hmm. suffers and then when performance suffers you kind of go down that route of you know having those really challenging talks and you know that is even more important working in a global environment where hours don't always start at 9 and finish at 5:30 just due to the nature of the business mm-hmm. so you know those those two pieces were really really important for me and then you know as a manager you can get them right yeah. you can get your team synergy right okay i mean i've i've worked in teams where there was a lack of balance or there was quite honestly just a lack of respect for each other as well right mm-hmm. you ca- you can't you can't work in a in a in an environment like that you can't be productive in an environment like that as well um you have to as a manager build those strong effective teams and that means teams that actually want to work with each other right so yeah i mean those are all kind of key key considerations that that i've had to learn right throughout my career um you know for me it's just about having happier healthier and and productive teams which is absolute absolute critical that, that sounds so good to me you know uh, when you talk <laughs> this as a manager like how important it is to you know take care of the mental well-being of your team members because little i i feel still we are you know yet to improve in that aspect because at times we don't realize what the other person would be thinking you know what's going in the mind so yeah really well at a personal level or you know at a mental well-being i always wonder how productive they would be at work so that's one thing that i i always feel like and it is something i have also implemented in my life that i would share at a personal level with my managers because you know if i am free altogether from my mind that's when i would be the most productive so yeah, very nice absolutely. point 
kind of brought and that definitely talks about your experience that you have really managed a lot of people for sure yeah you know i've had the i've i've had the pleasure actually in managing teams on so many different continents um you know australia and america and and india and and latin america as well so you can and europe obviously mm-hmm. so you can imagine you know all of those different cultures um yeah. all of those different events and language you know that as a manager you do need to be mindful of but it's it's so exciting to to be working in a in a team like that you can just learn so much from each other absolutely so what was a key focus area you always had an eye on that's like Ooh. a bull eye always kind of focused yeah do you know what i'm i'm a little bit of a data geek right <laughs> <laughs> from from a learning and development perspective data was and still is kind of king for me right mm-hmm. i love data i absolutely love it to me data is power yeah i agree <laughs> um, and, you know just just having those data driven insights you know i mean what it means for a learning and development team is what it kind of tells us is that we know what we need to go after and yeah. what we need to develop and who we need to develop for and why we know how well we're supporting and improving the skills of the organization and ultimately the performance of the organization right mm-hmm. i think what it i mean what the whole data piece has also given me and my teams is it helps us to become a lot more confident when we talk to the yeah. business so then we're starting to talk the language that the business will want to sit up and listen to things like adoption levels and call resolution data and engagement data and i don't know um time to first project productivity retention you know these these are the things that the business is going to want to invest in right yeah. and so as a manager and i and i think some of my teams and you know some of my team members probably just got really frustrated with me i would always be asking well how will we know the business impact um show me why we need to focus on this learning intervention all right show me what value we've added really really frustrating when i'm always asking those questions right um um but most of the time you know learning teams will have to partner with the business to to get the right data so that we can create this this picture for us as a learning and development organization. I think you know for example many product teams will be able to share back end performance data right on how mm-hmm. employees are engaging on products and tools and where they may have the biggest challenges right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really kind of digging deep and understanding what data is going to make us more powerful. as a learning organization i could spend you know i there's been many a time where i've kind of spent days and days just going through data days you know just to help us understand impact and trends and all of that lovely stuff that you know that is part of our role you know yeah. so yeah data data is king i am actually loving this conversation and the point you brought right like on data i think we are also from customer success team and all that works is data so you know yes. what have we helped actually customers so it's you actually in this case where i'm working currently in wordfix it would be someone from the lnd team uh, whom i would be helping out with that data and analytics of course so i also truly believe in data because when you have data you definitely have a very solid point to put across and it definitely makes sense to the other person who is uh, trying to comprehend what you are communicating so that's really yeah important. 
Absolutely. And you know what else, Shreya? Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, I was able to actually get more budget, right? When you've got data um, and when you can prove something and you can prove that you need to invest mm -hmm. in something with that data, I can, I can get more budget. I can get more resources. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, data is absolutely powerful and king. It's just, it's just knowing what the right data is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can. I think we can go on and on talking about data and emphasize. We can. I'm a data geek. I'm. I'm. I'm a data geek. <laughs> okay. And you brought one point, right? Like you can get certain budget approved. So okay. Now, as you hear from LNDT, and also pretty much aware about the DAP or a digital adoption platform. So, what do you feel would be your top three objectives that that you would like to share across with the audience? And I'm sure uh, this time you're going to have some budget for DAP as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, um, I think there's so many of them. Let me, I mean, let me just think. I think firstly, mm -hmm. I think learning and development teams just need to agree that um, I think employees and managers' first priority is to deliver effectively on their job and role. It's it's not to take training, right? It's just not. So for me, time to effective competence and performance is absolutely crucial for learning and development teams. So that really, you know, that, you know, for example, the business can deliver quicker and they can make positive impact quicker. They have employees who can take on projects quicker. For example, you know, you just you, you just spoke about, um, you know, the whole kind of service help desk yeah. side of things. So, for example, if a service help desk team does not have access to the right information or knowledge, this will have an impact on the quality of the support they provide to customers, right? In turn, it will impact NPS and customer loyalty, and that will suffer, which, which no, no company wants. And so learning and development teams need to really, really think about what is needed for effective competence, what, it, what is needed for that shorter time to effective competence and performance. Right. And they're not going to get that by delivering great big long training classes. Right. So they, they have they have to think differently. Secondly, you know, work is becoming so much more faster and so much more virtual. Right. With that, learning needs to be the least disruptive to an already busy, busy day. Right. Mm -hmm. Learning teams should be looking to see how we can embed learning into the flow of work to help performance on the job. So it could be. Things like embedded tips, um, guides, mini demonstrations, podcasts, right? Videos, coaching, right? Mm -hmm. And a key consideration is also to look at how easy it is for our employees to actually access this content. And whilst uh, learning management systems are, are still pretty much here, right? And they, I, don't think not, I don't think they're going to go away very soon. They may not be the best and easiest option for employees to access actually what, what they need to drive their performance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so kind of partnering with IT teams and product teams is really, really important so that the learning teams can actually start to embed learning mm -hmm. in the right um, portals and tools and also you know thinking about performance tools as well you know like Watfit can really really help in this as well yeah and then I think I you know I think I might have mentioned this earlier Shreya I think thirdly learning and development teams need to solve and close the right learning and performance yeah. needs right yep, yep. so how do they do this they do this by understanding the ongoing challenges and issues 
employees in the business is having, which impacts business performance. If they can work from that, um, they can actually do anything, right? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then obviously, you know, they, they have to upskill to become more data savvy and to identify, you know, the right data and the right metrics that really matter which is impacting performance to help improve performance. So, you know, those those three things uh, are really, really important for uh, teams today. And, you know, it's just, and I hear, I mean, I hear it all the time, you know, that sentence that the business has, which is, we don't have enough time to learn. You know, we, we don't, we, we don't have time to, you know, take the organization out for a half a day training course or even a couple of hours. Right. So learning teams have to adapt. Right. They, they, they have to find other solutions to help the organization. Absolutely. And you mentioned, right, like how Vortex would be able to help. And you did mention about certain tips or videos. So it's very true. Right. We cannot depend on one way of learning. So we need to um, move forward. What is like the best thing we can do? And uh, we need to be smart enough to showcase mm. rather to make the employer, anyone rather learn something new, but not with a traditional way that we would have followed earlier. So yeah, all about I agree. and uh, how we can, you know, learn with the different kind of content, which is there, not like a classroom training where we have like 10 people and then it becomes so monotonous in today's world. If and this brings me up to like another question, which is very much related. So what is the difference of approach that you see in classroom training? That's something I do brought up and the digital training as you've been closely involved in the process so in fact i have to ask you about what blended learning means to you because you brought that up earlier as well and you know you've yeah. always emphasized how important it is so how do you think it is like beneficial for a long-term success for any organization oh gosh there's a lot of questions in there <laughs> let me break them down <laughs> um, absolutely I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little more complex than just um, digital and, and classroom-based learning. Mm-hmm. When we think digital, and I'm and I'm sure you think this, or you have thought this, Raya, yeah. we think pretty much of a e-learning course or an online pathway, or even or even compliance training, right? Yeah. Digital learning is is pretty much thought of as kind of linear or path-based it can even be thought of as less flexible right yeah. but 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 it's much much more if it's done right okay mm-hmm. so to me you know the whole concept of digital learning is is delivered by technology right it can be a course it can be an interactive pdf video business simulation podcast an online social forum right Mm-hmm. It for me and and my teams, it was really around um, making use of technology from a development or accessibility uh, mm-hmm. viewpoint, right? Maybe from a platform or a knowledge hub um, or or a specific product, right? So mm-hmm. digital learning can really enable that quicker, quicker, yeah. quicker integration into work, and it it can be modular, so it provides more choice. It can be a time saver. Um, what I've, you know, what, what I've implemented in previous organizations is it's just implementing these mini, mini kind of videos and podcasts and basically enabling the organization to actually, you know, take a three minute podcast whilst you're out for a run or a walk, right? Or watch something where 
you know, when you're on the train. So, you know, there, there is all of that kind of, in, you know, that kind of interactivity into your normal day with the digital side of things. And, you know, if, if I think about classroom learning, classroom learning can also make use of technology, but it's typically delivered live, right? And it, I think typically it takes the learner out of their working day, which is not ideal for, I think, for any, any business. Mm -hmm. And then when we... I think when we start to talk about blended learning, you know, this whole piece comes alive, right? It also includes digital, but it uses many, many other delivery formats. If we think about how people really, really learn, blended learning pretty much covers the focus on how we learn effectively. You know, we learn effectively through a mix of education and exposure and experience, right? Um, it brings other learning mediums into the mix. It brings mediums like um, social collaboration, you know, uh, Q&A forums, virtual classrooms, mentoring, coaching, on-the-job learning, stretch projects, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, bringing these all together into a blended learning environment is hugely beneficial to organizations and business. This approach really helps organizations kind of integrate learning just, just in the normal flow of work. And what it also does, it also helps the business and managers and employees to start owning their own development as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, you know it's, it's really, really evolving. Um, the whole blended learning side of things. But, you know, as I, as I think about this as well, uh, I'm also thinking that learning and development teams start to adapt, need to start to adapt their learning approach as well to the rhythm of the organization. So with this whole blended learning approach and partnering with the business and embedding learning in the flow of work, I think long gone is that traditional role of, of trainer and instructional designer, right? Yeah. We now have learning technologists right because you know, technology is just so so key we have data analysts we have communications campaigners and performance consultants user experience um, individuals you know I think with the whole advent of blended learning a career in learning and development has never been so exciting well that's what I tell myself anyway so so yeah I mean hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of my approach to blended learning um, and how blended learning can can really support the business um, as they kind of go about their day-to-day -day work. No, that was really a great uh, insight shared, Kitty. So uh, I think we were supposed to kind of talk about three ways to create performance-driven cultures uh, through transformation, transformational learning and strategies. But I think I have discussed a lot. We have discussed a lot, many points today for our listeners. <laughs> and I'm, I heard that you like writing. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure you like writing. Okay. Now, can you share anything on the recent book you are writing? Uh, if you can disclose that to your audience. And I just hope that the first copy is reserved for me because I have been a good student. <laughs> You've been a very, very good student, Treya. Very, very good. Um, and I will, I will sign it personally when it's released oh for you. Right. <laughs> um, right now, um, it's 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 a little bit under wraps right now. My mm -hmm. my book. Um, but let's just say, let's just say, it's a very, very dark, semi dystopian fiction book. And it's kind of set in this closed off town to society that you only get invited into 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it kind of brings up all of these social issues that we don't like to talk about in society today, but we know is happening in society as well. Exactly. So it's, it's, re- it's really, really dark. Um, I, the, 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 the whole writing piece, it allows me to escape into another world and I, I let my creativity completely loose. And they do say that sometimes it's some of your unconscious thoughts coming to the surface, um, which I think based on what I'm writing about, it's actually scaring me of me, right? I'm scared of me right now. Um, so, 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 yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a very, very dark, dark fiction. Um, it just, you know, as I mentioned, it just lets me, just, just lets me loose um, and just lets me to escape into a completely another world which which is always great right yeah and I don't want the suspense you know to kind to be kind of open I want um, um, I, I want the audience to you know kind of first um, read through the book that you've written and also I am just waiting for my first copy so I won't ask a lot of questions <laughs> there I think it should be for, in the book itself that you, you should be figuring out what's there so I would I would yeah. just keep it here and make our listeners curious um, to go forward and you know kind of read what Katie wrote. So yeah, <laughs> good, 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 good. Thank you so much for that, Shreya. As as I mentioned, first copy will be over to you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really you might not like it. I mean, you might not like it, Shreya, but <laughs> it's okay. I've 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 learned a lot from you uh, in today's call, and uh, I think. I might, you know, kind of move in that direction. Maybe I start to like that as well because um, <laughs> there's something more than, you know, learning what I felt as a CSM I have learned in today's call. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> now we are moving to our final segment of the podcast and that's our fans' favorite, okay? So, oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's, that is what we call as the rapid fire round. I'm pretty sure everyone knows about the rapid fire round and it goes on and on. Now, um, so you can just brace yourself because I have really interesting questions for you. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we say, it's rapid and it should be full of fire. So here we go. As you have heritage in Goa, what would be the Goan food you would like to recommend to our listeners? And I can vouch on that there would be a lot of people who are either dying to go to Goa or always go to Goa. Okay, so there should be something you should recommend to our listeners. I think um, prawn pickle. Prawn pickle. You don't. You don't normally get prawn pickle, right? Yeah, um, so I'm so I'm I'm gonna recommend um, a prawn pickle. It's called prawn bao chow. It's spicy and rich. It's cooked mm-hmm. in a really spicy masala, and I and I have it as a regular picnic dish with a warm, crusty baguette. Right, really, really unique prawn bao chow pickle. Right. Nice. <laughs> I heard about prawns and people love prawns uh, when it comes to seafood, but prawn pickle yes. is something really unique. Okay, now I looking at you, and I'm pretty sure that you really take great care of yourself, your health, and it, it's obvious. Okay, it's something that I complimented the first time I saw you. <laughs> what are some of your tips, health tips rather, that you would like to give to the audience? And for the people who don't know, uh, maybe uh, Katie, if you would like to kind of give a quick brief about the audience. 
to the audience uh, and you like you have couple of children right i was just shocked to know when you told the age and i was like okay what are we doing doing god living god yeah yeah i'll share, share that to our audience Yeah so you know so I do have two children right I have a, a 24 year old and I have now a now a 20 year old right <laughs> I um, believe it's still laughing still laughing <laughs> um as a, as I said Shreya it may be the light right <laughs> but <laughs> but I've got a few tips really I mean firstly Um I used to run quite quite a bit but obviously mm-hmm. as you get older you know your joints are not as supple mm-hmm. so I walk you know I I try and walk as much as mm-hmm. I can you know walk try not to take the car everywhere walking is really great for your physical fitness it's great for your mental fitness as well you're out in the fresh air go to a park you know slow down your brain walk, walking is great and secondly Shreya eat mm-hmm. your vegetables eat your vegetables right if you don't like vegetables find a recipe or a way of cooking that makes you enjoy them all mm. of those vitamins are really really good for your bones and your skin and you know and, and all of that lovely stuff so those are really kind of the two things that mm. i've just continued doing and i love vegetables as well love them <laughs> that's that's great even i love vegetables but uh, when i stay with my family you know it's automatic that you would get all those kind of uh, postic food um <laughs> yeah when you are staying alone as a bachelor i i think i'm really lazy to kind of cook these vegetables but when you say right uh, it's really important and walking is something that i have always done trust me i yeah. really feel light whenever i walk and it's like something we should be doing my grandmother i would at this age you know she walks like 5 kilometers a day and, wow and when i share this with anyone you know they, they just get surprised They're like how is that possible i said it's all about perseverance it's all about you know if you're dead, you have a dedication to something you will actually do it so yes yeah we need to yeah. definitely take care of our health first and i felt uh, that there should be a protocol that we can share from your side to the audience so i'm really excited Yeah you know it's I think it's really really important just to go for that walk and just slow down your brain right mm-hmm. our life is so busy slow it down appreciate what's around you as well really really important tip absolutely okay now uh, there is one more protip i need from you for the people who want to pursue their career in writing so what's a protip uh, that you have for uh, them I think for anyone who wants to go into writing be an avid reader yourself right try try and read different genres try and read from different writers uh, you'll find different writing techniques you'll find new vocabulary you'll find new words you'll find mm-hmm. just just new things that you might want to experiment with right when, when you start mm-hmm. writing um just explore i mean i have so many so many extensive range of books at home um you, you know it's just it, i think you know just just read read and read and soak it will really help you in in your writing when you get to your writing absolutely absolutely and uh, uh, for me i always uh, feel that it's very important 
so to be a good writer you rightly mentioned it's very important to read first uh it's not really about vocabulary most of the times but then your concentration would really inc- increase so when you yeah. are writing i always feel you know you are able to get that concentration from one of the reading tips that you just gave so, absolutely absolutely yeah read read as many different types as as you can yeah absolutely now this uh, actually brings us uh, to the end of yet another another episode of the uh, digital adoption show thank you so much kidding for doing it it was amazing hosting you we had lot of conversations from training from lnd and what not for the prawn pickles so i just loved <laughs> it but thank you so close, much but before we close kid it would be awesome if you can share uh, how the people listening to the podcast can reach out to reach out to you if they have any more questions it can be work related or it can be for some of the cooking tips as well i believe so i will pass on pass it on to you kd uh, how you would like our audience to reach out to you yeah i mean i'm i mean i'm on linkedin um so i'm more than happy for anyone to reach out to me directly on linkedin um i will you know personally you know make sure that i respond to to everyone on that um and also you know if if people do want to kind of reach out and find out a little bit more about um the consulting mm-hmm. and the coaching that i do they can contact me through my organization called purple nix um so yes um happy to talk to anyone and everyone right Awesome, awesome! It it's been a pleasure having you here, Katie. I cannot iterate um, that anymore. Um, it was a lovely conversation that I had, and uh, again, I would like to thank everyone listening to the podcast. And uh, it is great to have you all here. And I'm sure you must have got to learn a lot from today's episode. So, yeah, stay tuned to the Digital Adoption Show for more great content. and some really incredible speakers like we had Katie today so have a great one everyone and thank you so much Katie for joining